kids are even more open to mindfulness and their brains are even more open to mindfulness because they're still so elastic and so ready to lay those neural pathways, right? So with kids, when we're able to help them, give them the tools or the um, activities to practice, they're flexing that brain muscle that takes them from sort of chaos of feelings and emotions and um, even like bodily sensations that can come with that and giving them the tools to pull back into that present moment, the more often they're able to practice that, the bigger that muscle in their brain gets to be able to create coherence out of chaos. And for little kids, what an amazing skill set to have at such an early age. So that's really what mindfulness and gutsy is about. It's not about sitting still and, and not sort of recognizing that we're going to fidget, our brain is going to wander, we're going to be thinking about other things. Um, it's recognizing that the work is in acknowledging those things and coming back to that present moment over and over again. That's really what the practice of mindfulness is. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 18 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 146 of the Improvement Project Podcast, and today I'm welcoming my friend and accountability buddy, Jamie Henderson, back to the show. As you'll recall, Jamie is a registered massage therapist, yoga teacher, as well as the owner of two other businesses, Gutsy and Prudence and Pine. Her debut on the podcast was back in March of 2020 in episode 89, and then she joined me again in November of 2020 in episode 125 when we talked about increasing our productivity with time blocking. Then again, she was on the show in episode 133 where we both shared our 21 for 2021 goal list. And then one more time in episode 137, where we followed up on our time blocking experiment. So she is becoming a regular and I like it. Jamie's business, Gutsy, inspires a younger generation to love their bodies and themselves. She also helps them to create a deeper connection with nature through outdoor play and exploration. Art, yoga, walks in the woods, and so much more are all included to help kids learn more about themselves and their environment and to help them feel more grounded and improve mindfulness. On last week's show, my friend Misty discussed habits to increase mindfulness, so I thought it would be fun to have Jamie share some mindfulness habits specific to kids. Here in Canada, we are approaching the spring school break, and I hope that some of what Jamie shares today will inspire you with some activities for the week off of school for your little ones. Jamie, welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh, is this the fifth time? Yeah, you're like a total regular now. I love it. That's right, I'm taking over. (laughs) Love it. Love it, love it. All right. I gave a quick synopsis of Gutsy just now when I introduced you, but for those who aren't familiar, can you sort of give a a little synopsis of the origin story? Um, And also like, what is it? Who's it for? What inspired you to start that business? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So Gutsy started about three years ago um, out of my massage therapy office. And 
I'll start with the acronym. So Gutsy is an acronym. It's also just a great word. Um, so it stands for Girls United Together in Strength and Yoga. That was our humble beginnings. And it's definitely evolved over the past few years, in particular with the advent of COVID, we've shifted to a much more outdoor theme. The idea behind Gutsy is giving girls the tools they need to feel self-confident. And over time, that term has also evolved to be confident in the sense of C-A-L-M, fident. So resilience, strength, uh, sort of a, an understanding of our own inner selves and how to cultivate who we are and that unique sense of self so that you feel competent and capable in your day-to-day life, which we as adults need if we can foster that in kids at an early age. So the program runs for kids five to seven, eight to 11, and I do also run a tween program for 11 to 13 year olds. And it just constantly changes. It evolves based on the group of kids that I have. It evolves based on the season. We've definitely shifted to a more outdoor focus and I am loving it. I have to say the injection of nature into our programming has certainly made mindfulness a lot easier to build in because nature in and of itself creates an opportunity for us to be present in the moment. Um, And kids just have this sense of wonder when they're out in the woods and giving them opportunities to explore that uh, without too much in the way of... um, I don't want to say boundaries. There's boundaries. Um, But without too much itinerary built into it, really just allowing them to explore and sort of direct their learning that day seems to benefit both of us. I really enjoy it as the facilitator and the kids really seem to thrive in that environment. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. I know everything about this is true because I went for a walk with you in the woods just yesterday and I felt all of those things and you pointed out the stuff to me that I'm sure that kids would love as well. And I had the sense of wonder as an adult. So I can imagine that uh, walking in the woods with uh, Jamie and her gutsy world would be amazing. Uh, Also, the other thing that's come up lately is you're welcoming boys in as well. It's not just girls anymore, right? Yeah. So in February, I did run a virtual program and I had two young boys. Uh, um, Lincoln and Gordy, and they were such wonderful humans. And it's so interesting because Gutsy certainly started as uh, a group centered around girls and and helping them build self confidence. And I certainly recognized that groups for boys would also be beneficial. And I've sort of tried to figure out how to incorporate that. Um, the virtual world certainly lent itself to that, and I'm very open to exploring more opportunities to incorporate boys into Gutsy. Now, as I joke with the girls that if it was a boys-only group, it would be called Butsy because it would be boys united together in strength and (laughs) yoga, which as you can imagine would be a bit of a marketing nightmare. So, And those little girls probably thought that was hilarious because I do. Oh gosh. They, yeah. As soon as you say the word butt, you've got a captive audience. That's right. Um, yeah, so certainly boys. And um, as you know, Peg, I have a wonderful uh, transgender stepdaughter who has transi- transitioned from male to female. And so I think being very open about sort of gender is fluid. And so I think that there's lots of opportunity to incorporate kids as they are into the group as well. So I hope to find ways to do that in the future. Amazing. Building self-confidence for all these kids. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So speaking of these kids, it's been a stressful and weird year for everyone, including kids, and maybe more so in some ways. So I would love it if you could share with our listeners some activities or strategies that parents or caregivers could incorporate to increase mindfulness in the kids that are in their lives. Yeah, for sure. And you probably covered this last week, but I figured I would do like a little brief dive into mindfulness and just how it applies to kids. So when we're talking about mindfulness, it's, uh, it's not having a classroom full of small children sitting in lotus pose, um, chanting OM. Um, I would be hard pressed to get a group of adults to sit still for that long to be uh, you know, quiet and still without any sort of stimuli. So mindfulness is basically being aware in the present moment um, and focusing on your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, uh, even your bodily sensations and noticing for noticing them for what they are, momentary, um, and being able to bring yourself back into the present moment. So kids are even more open to mindfulness and their brains are even more open to mindfulness because they're still so elastic and so ready to lay those neural pathways, right? So with kids, when we're able to help them, give them the tools or the um, activities to practice, they're flexing that brain muscle that takes them from sort of chaos of feelings and emotions and um, even like bodily sensations that can come with that and giving them the tools to pull back into that present moment, the more often they're able to practice that, the bigger that muscle in their brain gets to be able to create coherence out of chaos. And for little kids, what an amazing skill set to have at such an early age. So that's really what mindfulness and gutsy is about. It's not about sitting still and and not sort of recognizing that we're going to fidget, our brain is going to wander, we're going to be thinking about other things. Um, it's recognizing that the work is in acknowledging those things and coming back to that present moment over and over again. That's really what the practice of mindfulness is. So I have some cool activities that I do with kids in order to foster that um, practice that are interactive and um, seem to really lend themselves nicely to kids' imaginations and their abilities at different ages. So I've got five here because I figured that was a good number. Love it. Yeah. So one of the first ones that I'll do, uh, I call it beans and rice. And so it's more of a sensory play type of activity. And it's you can do it with anything that you have in the household. You don't need to go and get anything fancy. So when I've done this before, it's essentially a bowl or some sort of container and you put in rice and then you mix in, if you have beans, great, like some sort of dried beans, please don't put in like refried beans. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different sensory experience. Um, So some sort of dried beans. If you have a few different shapes, like maybe some kidney beans or some black beans or some lentils, and then when I did this with the kids, I actually had them blindfolded and the, their job was to sift through the rice and try and pick out each of the different shapes of beans. So this is a great activity to be very present um, by using our sense of touch and proprioception, which is good for kids to train as well. So they're sort of sifting through this rice and beans mixture and picking out the different beans and then trying to lay them out. Um, If they're blindfolded, it's a little bit tricky. But the blindfolding is really where you kind of take out that other sensory stimuli and, um, and focus on the task at hand. So this one was really fun. I'll post a picture later of the kids while they were doing this out on my back porch last summer because (laughs) the expressions of concentration are just 
priceless. Like there's some pretty intent faces underneath those um, blindfolds. Uh, so, and if you had smaller kids, like younger kids that you weren't afraid of a choking hazard, certainly they could be not blindfolded because even just that task of recognizing a shape and pulling it out of the rice is an amazing activity for them as well. So I That's, love it for the things you're talking about in terms of proprioception and touch and like getting focused in the present, but it's also this beautiful metaphor of pulling something coherent out of chaos, something recognizable out of chaos and like training your brain to be like, here's all this crazy stuff and let me just grab one thing that seems like it's relevant. I love it. So good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that I didn't think of it as a metaphor necessarily, but yeah, that's exactly um, what you could explain it as to your kids, right? Like when you're feeling all these feelings, it's really tough to focus in on the important information that you need to make a decision in a moment. And that's what those beans could represent. So yeah, nice. Cool. Uh, So the second one that I'll do, uh, this is more so in my yoga classes with kids, is I call it tune in. So this one focuses a little bit more on your senses of hearing. So I have the kids in a nice comfy position, usually laying down with some sort of blanket. We close the eyes, we dim the lights, and I have a little singing bowl, but you could use a bell or a chime, anything that you have handy. And you're getting the kids to listen carefully and you're going to ring the bell or hit the chime and they're listening until the sound disappears. And when the sound has disappeared, they're going to raise their hand to acknowledge that they've noticed that the sound has disappeared. So you can do this a couple of times. It's a shorter activity. I would say it's a nice um, reset if, um, if things are getting a bit overwhelming in the moment. It's a nice activity to just sort of have everyone lay down, be still for a moment, maybe do three to five rounds of this, and it sort of um, recalibrates the energy of a room. So it's a little more um, short term, but it's also effective because it's, it's again, that interactive um, type of activity, not acting, asking kids to just be still. They have a task. Um, and so their brain is focused on that present moment task of listening to the sound and then raising their hand. So that's number two. Cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also equally good for adults, to be honest. <laughs> if that was the case, if I was using it for adults, I'd maybe use the singing bowl a little bit longer um, and just sort of get them tuned into that frequency and then um, maybe raise their hand. Or maybe when the sound ended, you could roll them over out of Shavasana, whatever you're into. Cool. So number three is obviously one of my favorites because I'm an outdoorsy girl through and through. And so call this one nature nook. So often what I'll do with the kids as an art activity and it lends itself to sort of the practice is if you find a little clay dish uh, for like a pot, like a plant pot, just a small one and have your kids decorate it. So they, you might have to scratch the surface a little bit, but paint it, um, create this sort of lovely, uh, receptacle for little bits of nature that they're going to find when you go out for your walk. So you've created this little, um, I don't know, sort of an altar for the, the things they find. I also find the smaller your dish, the more reined in the kids are in what they collect from nature, <laughs> which <laughs> can be important because if you've been walking with kids in nature, you know that every one of their pockets and your pockets and backpacks will be filled to the brim with bits of nature that they've found all the treasures all the treasures (laughs) which I love but we always try and return most of those treasures back to nature because that's where they belong but 
you know, a tiny pine cone, a single acorn, something that will fit in this um, nature appreciation station. So when you have something like that at home that the kids know that they have to sort of put these collected treasures into, when you go for your walk, you can create these mindful moments when you say, oh, we should, we should keep our eyes open for some sort of treasure to put into our nature appreciation station. So now we're taking, again, the senses into account. Now we're more visual, right? Again, present moment. We're not thinking about what are we doing after this? Where are we going after this? What's for lunch? You know, what's over there? Which that's okay. They can go look what's over there. <laughs> um, but it, it certainly hones their skills of observation and appreciation. And again, that wonderment of all the things that nature has to offer to kids. And I mean, I could go on and on about all the benefits of getting kids outside. Um, but this is a really lovely mindful practice. And honestly, as an adult, I have one of these too, because you're, there's always these, these gifts out in nature, whether they're tangible or, um, you know, less tangible, just sort of more of a feeling, um, you know, little tiny stones in the shapes of hearts. I've collected some of those, like a beautiful feather, things the kids have given me, you know, the gutsy girls on walks that I find precious and are so heartfelt for them to share with you. Um, so that would be one of the other practices that I would suggest. And again, having that nature appreciation station kind of reigns in the collection phase. It makes it a little bit more um, curated, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> Excellent way to describe it. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next one, I call this one a rainbow. Which, as you know, Peg, I'm pretty good at making up words. I love that one. Brainbow. Excellent. Brainbow. Yeah. So this one came about because one of the activities I did with the Gutsy Girls is we made these lovely uh, rainbows out of um, like macrame rope. And then we covered them with embroidery thread. So all different colors. And then we kind of glued it all onto a felt backing. You don't necessarily need to have that. That would be a more advanced craft for an older age. But what you could do is because rainbows lend themselves to an in the conversation around when do rainbows happen and rainbows happen after a storm right and so emotions can often feel like a storm like you're just being inundated with information or big emotions or feelings and so the rainbow is what comes after so you could do watercolor you could crayons markers pencil crayons whatever you wanted to use and it fosters this discussion around when do rainbows happen so they create their own rainbow. Uh, and then the activity that's associated with it, this brainbow, is um, getting our brain um, sort of reminded that um, what we choose to focus on is what we find more of in our world. And you talk about this a lot. So the brainbow is a breathing exercise, but that also has a bit of that positivity built into it. Um, so the kids trace each arc of the rainbow. And as they have their finger on the rainbow, they breathe in as they get to the top of the arc, and then they breathe out as they get to the bottom. So we're training our brain um, to be able to be a little less reactive, uh, a little more resilient in these moments of storminess or inclement weather in our emotional state. So you just kind of continue on. So depending on how many colors they put in their rainbow, uh, they can just continue to practice. And I find with kids, one of the big things is the tactile nature of the mindful activity. Um, just concepts that are a little more 
out there are, are tougher to get them to buy into, but these tactile activities like the finger tracing the rainbow seems to get them tuned into what it is that we're trying to achieve. That's awesome. I think that's, well, by the way, I think it's amazing for kids, but I think a lot of adults would, when they're getting started with these kind of mindfulness activities would also benefit from adding in extrasensory um, stimulation as well. So just to kind of mm-hmm. create a connection to your brain in that way. I love it. Oh, for sure. And you, you know, I mean, from both of our practices, that brain body connection often gets sort of severed when people are under stress and they just become this floating head in space. Yeah, sort of disengaged. Heads. Yeah, disengaged from their body. So I think the more we can reconnect brain body to these type of mindful activities, the more effective they become. Awesome. Fantastic. I love that. And I love the name Brainbow. Well done, Jamie. <laughs> uh, and the last one I have, because I know bedtime can be an intense time for parents of all different ages. It still is. We have teenagers and good grief. Um, bedtime body scan. So a body scan is essentially um, taking your brain, uh, your focus, and choosing different parts of your body to focus on while you're sort of maintaining a steady breath. And a lot of times with kids, I'll get them to clench these areas. So usually I go toes to nose. And what you'd have them do is they'd be laying in bed. And I think around bedtime, you know, this is where things can ramp up, especially if kids are suffering from anxiety. From what I've read, uh, that really sort of pops its head up around bedtime. So you see this intensification of energy around you know, the time that they're getting ready to go to bed. So again, this body scan or toes to nose can help sort of dissipate some of that kinetic energy out of their systems when they seem like, they're like, oh, they were so chill and all of a sudden they're bouncing off the walls. It gives their brain something to do that again is connected to their body. So in a body scan, we start at the toes. You might have them clench their toes and their feet and try and make them as tight as possible into a little ball and then slowly release as they exhale. And then maybe move up into their calves and their shins and around their knees, squeeze, 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 and then slowly release and let go. And you follow all the way up the body until finally we kind of get around the head, the eyes, they make a squishy face and squeeze their nose, flare their nostrils, and then let their face relax. And you will, I mean, as parents, this is a good one for us to do too. I do this regularly before bed. There's lots of great body scan scripts out there so you could easily print something off if you need a bit of a uh, a tool to guide you in the first few times with kids but they respond really well to it um, especially your fidgety kids because it gives their bodies something to do um, while you're sort of taking their nervous system out of that fight or flight into rest and digest so that's the one I would use more often sort of before bed um, to create a more cohesive <laughs> bedtime for both I of love you. It. Amazing. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all of these are so great. Thank you, Jamie. I'm sure that um, any parents or any caregivers or any aunts and uncles or anybody who's listening that has littles that uh, they might want to try these with, will have some fun um, helping them to connect back to their little bodies. Uh, what I want to do next is I want to move into a segment that you've played before and it's called, what are you into lately? And in the segment, we share what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found. And we feel like you might find it fun too. Each of us will share something that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So what I want to share this week is that, um, 
we're under lockdown again in uh, Ontario, Canada here. So um, I want to encourage people to shop local and to, I just want to give some love to some local businesses. And one in particular that I have been shopping at lately and I love, love, love is a little shop in St. Thomas and it's called St. Thomas, which is where Jamie and I first met, where I work. Um, it's called Purely Wicked. And it has all sorts of fun witchy things. It has Harry Potter paraphernalia. It has local handmade goods like candles and skincare, um, all sorts of like stones and gems, uh, tarot cards. Uh, it's a really fun little place in St. Thomas and it's kind of magical when you go in there. So um, you can go in with yourself or you could bring your kids, especially if they're into that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the COVID rules are around it, but they do have a website. You can follow them on Instagram so you can uh, get yourself shopped, shopping ready for when uh, it's available to be able to get in there if you can't get in there right now. So it's purely wicked and I'll put a link in the show notes so people can, uh, can hear more about that, this little shop in St. Thomas. What about you, Jamie? What are you into this week? Well, I just want to concur that Purely Wicked is one of my favorite spots. Whenever I'm home visiting, I usually drag my mom in there. And I have to give them a shout out because I bought, you know me, and I'm very simple. I don't own makeup. Uh, I have a bar of soap. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I picked up, uh, they have a solid perfume that's in like a cardboard push-up container, like a lip balm would be. So it's all biodegradable. And the one that I got is called Sweet Hot Mess which just seems appropriate for my life these days. And I love the smell. I love that it's all going to biodegrade back to where it came from in the end. And uh, so you got to check it out. Uh, Purely Wicked is awesome. I have my own little store up here in Barrie, Ontario, that um, even when I move your way back to London, I will still definitely be um, going to. So uh, Blueberry Moon by the Bay is owned by my friend Heather, and one of her daughter, Chloe, is one of my gutsy girls. And Heather has curated this magical space and actually kind of has a similar vibe to Purely Wicked. Um, and one of the things that I have picked up from her that I've been very inspired by are these amazing grass baskets by Big Blue MoMA. And I'll send you the link to that too, Peg, because you can follow Shop Blueberry Moon. You can also follow Big Blue MoMA. So they're made in Africa by a women's collective. Um, and I recently found little tiny gathering baskets as well. So I picked up a set of those from my friend Heather. And they've kind of set the tone for the next iteration of Gutsy Girls, which is Gutsy Wildcraft, where we do spend the majority of our time out in nature. And the girls can collect their own bits of nature in their own baskets and not put seven children's worth of nature in my basket (laughs) which don't get me wrong I enjoy the workout that's for sure um but I just think each of them having their own sort of gathering basket that's reusable and renewable and has been created by women overseas in sort of this collective nature it just ticks all my boxes for um for something uh, sustainable to sustain my business Amazing. Okay. So Blueberry Moon by the Bay, I will put, and also Big Blue MoMA, you said. I will put links mm-hmm. in the show notes if people want to check those out. And you mentioned, and this was going to be my next question, tell us a little bit more about this gutsy wildcraft. Tell us more, Jamie. <laughs> so I think I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that with COVID, uh, when we were able to, I shifted gutsy. It used to be in the yoga studio that I had in my home. And I've shifted it completely outside to Springwater Provincial Park up here in Barrie. And I can't get over the myriad benefits of having it completely outdoors. 
having the kids outside for an hour, an hour and a half at a time, for me as the leader, it ticks the boxes. We're talking about habit stacking. I get to be outside, which is one of the things that I truly value. And so that just becomes part of my work. Uh, the kids get to be outside and I can still um, accomplish the things that I want to accomplish with Gutsy. So the be calm, be strong, be grateful, which are sort of our three main tenants, all are completely doable out in nature. So Gutsy Wildcraft is sort of this next iteration of Gutsy because I'm moving away from that indoor space to a completely outdoor space and focusing a little bit more on sustainable art projects that are created with bits of nature that can be um, you know, easily to nature? composted yeah. or recycled, um, as well as sharing and deepening a love for nature because it's one of the things that I think as kids and as grown-ups we can move away from easily. There's so many things to distract us in the inside and the indoors that if we're not making an effort to get outside, it's easy to feel disconnected from it. And I think the more connected we feel to nature, you felt it yesterday, like when we were out in the woods. Uh-huh, it just definitely. brings this like sense of peace and calm and, you know, a stewardship for nature too, taking care of what we have in the outdoors. So that is the beginnings of Gutsy Wellcraft, which will be moving. I'm moving at the end of this month uh, back to the London area. So, yay! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. So that said, um, why don't you give us the place where my listeners can go to find more about Gutsy Wildcraft or to sign up for when like it's time for it to be unleashed upon the world or where they can just find more about you on Instagram or one of those um, socials where you spend most of your time? I'd say right now, uh, Instagram seems to be the most accessible. So at Gutsy Girls Canada, if you're looking for me there, I do have a website. I fully embrace that is a little outdated because I haven't updated any programs because I have not been able to run many programs as of late. But uh, gutsygirls.ca is where you can find us online and that is likely where you would register once I have Gutsy Wildcraft up and running. So check it out. I think you'll enjoy the Instagram, follow along, see the adventures I've had with the girls here in Barrie who have my heart and will always have my heart. Um, They were my first group of kiddos and uh, I'll be sad to say goodbye, but I'm excited to meet some new gutsy girls down in the London area. Amazing. All right. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up at that. That's it for this episode of the Improvement Project. Thank you once again to Jamie Henderson of Gutsy for being here. I hope you were inspired to share one of her mindfulness tips for the kids in your life, or maybe you can try it yourself. For questions or comments, send an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get my attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Thank you.
for listening all the way to the end of this episode of The Improvement Project. Have you struggled with getting new habits to stick? You really want to follow through, but you just can't get started. Or if you get started, you can't get consistent, or you're just not sure what to do. Do any of these sound familiar to you? You might be aware that humans have been supporting each other and working together since the beginning of humans. And that, my friends, is the power of accountability. If you can harness that power, maybe you'll find that you'll be one step closer tomorrow than you are today toward not only better habits and routines, but also your biggest goals and dreams. Are you with me? I got really interested in how different people respond differently to accountability, and I came up with a framework of four different types of habits personalities and how they respond to accountability. I then put it all together in a super fun quiz that will help you to understand how to best add accountability into your life so that you are way more likely to follow through on your habits and ultimately find the way to your big dreams and goals. If you'd like to see what your habits personality is and what may be your best strategy to incorporate the power of accountability to be a better human, head to drpeggymalone.com forward slash habits quiz and take the quiz for yourself. That's drpeggymalone.com forward slash habits quiz. You got this. Get after it.